Hey, everybody. Welcome to LettermanRow.com. This is Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Automotive. I am Jeremy Birmingham. That is Spencer Holbrook. We are talking about Ohio State football recruiting, and uh, the Buckeyes picked up uh, commitment number seven, Spencer, in the class of 2022 on Wednesday night. Uh, that is from four-star tight end Benji Gosnell from Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. The 11th ranked tight end in the country, six foot four, 225. Early in his recruitment, I had somebody at Ohio State tell me that they thought he could be a Pete Werner-esque outside linebacker if he wanted to play that position. Obviously a very athletic kid. Um, it, it's the first time since 2016 that Ohio State will sign a pair of tight ends, if all things hold. But it it's puts them in a position now where after three straight years of saying we're going to take two tight ends, they're finally actually going to take two tight ends, or that is the aim. What does it mean for Kevin Wilson and Ryan Day to have these two locked up, uh, Gosnell and Bennett Christian, uh, locked up already? The future of the position uh, appears to be bright, right? You got two really qualified, I would say, tight ends in this class. You've got your tight end in 2021 in Sam Hart. You've got a guy uh, in Cade Stover who – we believe is making some impact there. I saw he was on, in on special teams uh, last week against Penn State. So the future of this position seems bright as of right now, I believe. Uh, as far as I know, these two are going to be committed for the long haul. It's not like they would make this decision and then, and then back off of it. But also they haven't made any visits. Um, they're both from out of state. So you never know. But to lock up these guys, you can go out and get some different pieces that you want that aren't necessarily tight ends because uh, there are some other – big fish out there that the Buckeyes can probably focus on a little more now. Yeah. Apropos of nothing, I think Cade Stover probably is loving the situation he's in because he gets to hit people on special teams like he used to do as a linebacker. And now he can still work himself into the rotation at tight end. Um, for Ohio State, the, the, the value in Benji Gosnell and Bennett Christian is that, A, these two are extremely close uh, already. Uh, Bennett Christian um, played a major role in the decision of Gosnell if you watch the commitment edition of Bermanology with Gosnell from Wednesday night, you will see that he said he don't think he doesn't think he'd be committed to Ohio state right now. If it wasn't for Bennett Christian, they are two very different tight ends. However, Bennett is much more of an inline blocker type. Uh, and, and Benji Gosnell is much more of the spread out wide receiver type of tight end. And so I think it's a good mix for Ohio state to get both those guys. And, uh, Spencer, I thought was most interesting about the the recruitment of Gosnell was that aside from the fact that he has a brother who's a freshman at North Carolina and he lives in North Carolina and obviously was wanted very badly by North Carolina, is that from the start he told me that he thought Ohio State used the tight ends more than anybody in the country. And I know people scoff at that notion because they don't throw the ball to the tight ends as much. But it's what Kevin Wilson talked about on Tuesday is that just because they're not throwing the ball to the tight ends doesn't mean that they're not in all the time. I mean, the Buckeyes use two tight end looks at Penn State almost the entire game. And I think it says a lot about Gosnell as a student of football that he's picked up on that and is seeing that the, these Buckeye tight ends are being developed for the NFL, even if they're not catching 60 balls a year. And if you look in the NFL, there are Ohio State tight ends in the NFL. It's not like it's just lip service. Like they're putting guys there. They, they put their money where their mouth is. And, and Jeremy Ruckert's going to be another one. Luke Farrell's going to be another one. You never know, Jake Houseman maybe, if, if he could get a shot at the NFL. Cade Stover could end up in the NFL. He's, he's athletic enough at tight end to do that. So 
the, it's not just lip service. And Ohio State does put tight ends on the field. You just don't see them very often. They're usually chipping and chipping uh, defensive end and then getting into the middle of the field. And Ohio State's so talented, they don't have to throw to the tight end. But they use them very effectively in ways that, that a lot of people don't realize. And, and recruits do realize that. And I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, Gosnell said that he made his decision watching Ohio State play Penn State. And I don't think it's a coincidence that that happened uh, on a night when the Buckeyes tight ends did score two touchdowns. But he said the things that he liked the best was watching Jeremy Ruckert and what he knew Ruckert was as a, as a recruit to watching what he is now as a, as a full tight end. And he said that sold him on the Buckeyes. So big win for Ohio State. And I think it's, it's good for the group because – uh, right now, that that class with seven commitments has three offensive players: Gosnell and and, and Christian um, and, and Tiger Tishabola. Now they can really start focusing on the skill positions in that class, and um, you know, going out and, and trying to connect with quarterbacks. So we talked about Quinn Ewers a bunch last week, and that's still percolating uh, in Ohio State's direction right now. I, no decision's been made yet, but it still seems very uh, pop possible that happens for Ohio State in the next in the near future I've heard that there's a plan potentially for Ewers to be in Ohio um, in November because his family owns land where they hunt uh, south of Columbus and I think that the, their family's supposed to be heading to town basically just to you know camp or camp and hunt or whatever whether or not he's going to get to Ohio State on that trip I don't know but he has been on campus so you at least you have a little insight there but um so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a big deal for Ohio State. Uh, Gosnell was the top target for them at tight end in this, in this cycle. And to, to lock him up this early uh, is, is pretty important for Kevin Wilson, who doesn't get a lot of focus or attention as a recruiter. But, um, you know, he, he does, plays a big role for the Buckeyes in North Carolina and in Indiana, among other places. So kudos to Kevin Wilson. Kudos to the Buckeyes. Commitment number seven is in for the class of 2022. Let's shift gears. Spencer and uh, talk 2021 and, and we do have a announcement coming on Saturday sometime I, I've been told between like four and five o'clock in the afternoon uh, for safety Derek Davis uh, from Monroeville Pennsylvania um, Gateway High School visited Ohio State for the Buckeyes bash lots of momentum lately it seems like in the Buckeyes favor he did go down to LSU and visit in Baton Rouge last weekend as well but from a 10,000 uh, foot perspective uh, I don't think that one visit to LSU when they weren't playing a game when he couldn't meet with the staff is going to be enough to push him in their direction I still think it's Ohio State or, or Penn State um, the the national media buzz appears to be pretty positive for Ohio State but as we've talked about in the last couple months when it comes to Derek Davis the questions are, are pretty simple like, do you want to be the seventh defensive back in, in this class do you, does the desire to play at Ohio State outweigh the relationships you've had at Penn State um, with Terry Smith, the, the former coach at Gateway? Let's get your read on, on things from, again, from a non-directly you know directly related uh, perspective. What do you see? How do you see this playing out? What I see is, uh, is a – and I don't want to, you know – I don't, I don't mean to put Ohio State fans on the spot, but we talk about Derek Davis so much, and we have for the last year, that I think Ohio State fans take for granted how good Derek Davis is. This is a top 60 player in the country, and people yeah. just think, like, oh, it's another four-star. No, this is a top 60 player nationally. Like, he is would be a 
the gem of every other recruiting class. And Ohio State's just like, oh, are we going to get him? Like Ohio State fans are just, oh, are we going to get him? So I yeah. think that's the first thing that I have to get out of the way. It's like this is a very, very talented player, a top 60 player nationally. And Ohio State fans just seem to be like, yeah, it's just another four-star. Aside from that, I just want to get that out of the way. Aside from that, I think this is heading in Ohio State's direction. I, I really do. Uh, I think, you know, we talk about car all the time, comfort and relationship, not the car, you know, the LSU car, but comfort and relationship. Right. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State both have great relationships with this guy. Obviously, uh, Penn State has the coaching connection. But Ohio State's been recruiting Derek Davis as as long as you probably can recruit a high school kid, unless his name's Quinn Ewers and you offer him before he gets into high school. So I, I just think the relationship pays off here. And I think this is this would be a huge win for Ohio State, not just to get a top 60 player nationally, but to keep a top 60 player in the state of Pennsylvania from going to Penn State. Those are the kind of recruiting battles that James Franklin has to win in order to catch up to Ohio State. And if Ohio State takes yet another one of those guys out of his state, that's just a – not an indictment on James Franklin, but a exclamation point on the Buckeyes that says, hey, we can come into your state and take who we want because that's how good we are. It's a body blow for sure if he ends up uh, at Ohio State. And, you know, I know that there is the, the numbers perspective, the numbers worry, not just the fact that he'd be the seventh defensive back in the class and if he wants that, but there's also a concern at Ohio State as far as the numbers in the class of 2021 because they have 20 commitments. They really don't have a lot of room left in that class. And I think that there are some internal discussions that have to be had about whether or not it's worth it right now. And I know the, and that says crazy things about Ohio State's recruiting right now that I do think that they have to ask themselves, is this player going to be a the right fit for what we're doing in this class? Number one, Derek is a, is a pretty low-key guy. He's not typically one of those um, – like big boisterous type A personalities that, that generally are needed at Ohio state. Um, and I think that there's probably a little bit of internal debate going on inside Ohio state about whether or not it makes sense to really push this envelope. And the fact of the matter is it may not matter because Derek Davis may not pick them on Saturday. I mean, nobody knows really what he's doing. He has not, um, made a decision yet as far as I've been told he, and if, if he has he hasn't told anybody at Ohio State or anywhere else where he's going um, so I mean I, I think that it's it, it sets up for an interesting few days for the Buckeyes for um, you know what it means to the big picture of the class if you were to choose them but more than anything this would be a devastating loss for Penn State if they're not able to to bring in Derek Davis. If he ends up shocking the world and picking LSU or something like that, you may never, you know, hear much about him again. But, you know, at Penn State, a class that is struggling right now big time inside of Pennsylvania, um, it would be a colossal loss for Penn State. So that being said, I don't know that it's going to be a loss, but I, I do uh, – I do see the national recruiting guys and, and the other guys on the Ohio state recruiting beat are, are saying that they think Derek Davis is going to end up at Ohio state. Um, I'm not, I'll talk about whether or not I do think that or not. Once we get into this next game of in or out the Ohio state recruiting podcast uh, game of choice, um, Spencer, Berm, that's us. We talk about who's in and who's out. Yeah. We're going to play that game right now to wrap up this episode because let's do it. Why not? 
What else have we got to talk about? Nothing else is, is it, going on in the world. Did, okay, first two questions. Do you want the jingle? And second, do we want to do 2021s and 2022s or just 2021s? Um, let's, let's go down the list of the 21s that are still out there. Um, and then, uh, you know, you can just, just indiscriminately pick a couple 22s as, you know, fodder, as internet fodder. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I like internet fodder. So no jingle. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. No, I mean, there's always always need for a jingle, but uh, we can put that in post-production. That's what they say in the biz, folks. Post. We'll put that in post. All right. Sounds good. Uh, all right. Jingles. No, we're not going to put it in a jingle. Let's go. Uh, uh, let's go, Derek Davis. In or out, Burr. This is a this is a uh, one I put you right Let, on the spot. Let's go. I need more time to to tabulate okay. in my brain. Let's let's start with the other ones on N21. Let's start with the ones that I know I I'm confident in what I'm saying. I still think Emeka Abuka is in. Okay. okay. I I do worry about Oklahoma. I'm not going to pretend that I don't as far as um again, I know a lot of my peers in this industry that cover Ohio State sort of scoffed at that notion. I don't think that you can dismiss the Sooners in this race because the very simple truth is that if Emeka Abuka knew that he wanted to be at Ohio State right now, he would be committed to Ohio State, period. So is he going to get to Oklahoma? That is obviously the, the big thing. Is there going to be spring football in Washington as has been discussed? Because if things change and, and the, the COVID-19 stuff continues the way it is, there's a chance that they may end up canceling that that spring season that they've been planning. And if that happens, I think you could see Emeka Buka decide to enroll early again as he was initially planning to. And that would be a big thing in Ohio State's favor, especially if uh, he isn't able to get to Oklahoma because the dead period is likely to be extended until like March at this point. But I still think when you add all those things up, it makes the most sense for Emeka Buka at Ohio State. Because I know, knowing what I know about Emeka, his uh, desire in the academic side of stuff. I just think Ohio State's a better fit um, for everything he's looking for than Oklahoma. But I, I think he, I think he clearly is like, you know, not sold yet. Next. All right, let's let's go to JT. JT to Malau. I, I still think he's in. I think there's an interesting thing potentially happening in Alabama, where Steve Sarkeesian is is one of the lead recruiters for him for the for the Crimson Tide. And I'm, uh, I firmly believe Steve Sarkeesian will end up as a head coach somewhere next year, and that that could negatively impact Alabama. He has been to Alabama. He has not been to Ohio State. He was never going to enroll early. He was always planning to decide in February. So the dead period extensions um, don't really impact him. He could just wait to sign somewhere until next April if he has to, and he's the type of player that you'll obviously always wait for. Um mm -hmm. I think the most telling thing is that Ohio State is not making a push for any other defensive lineman. And that, that's, to me, them saying, this is our guy. Um, and even like Marcus Bradley, who decommitted from oh, Maryland. You took, you took the next one I was going to throw at you as a surprise. Okay, Marcus Bradley is out. Okay, Ohio State is not going to go after him. Um, now that he's decommitted from, from Maryland, he, he will not be – that's not a recruitment that the Buckeyes are going to revisit. But – they have opportunities to go after other uh, defensive linemen and, and aren't. So I think that that's pretty telling. So I'm still going to say JT Tumalau is in for Ohio State. Next. Okay. Uh, let's hmm. – this one, this one should be quick. Uh, everybody still talks about him, even though he's committed somewhere else. 
Rajon Davis. I mean, I, I still think he's out. I, I know that there is continued interest in Ohio State and continued conversation, but the big thing for me there is LSU and the way that their off our defense has been playing. Their defense is quite frankly offensive at this point. Um, but you know, for a lot of people will see that and say, "Oh, he 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 maybe not want to play there, right?" But there's also the other side of that, which says he sees an opportunity to probably go in and play there pretty early. Um, and at a place like Ohio state, if you look at the linebacker room right now, the depth there is pretty crazy. Uh, and I don't know that there's quite that same path to early playing time. Um, as somebody who's planning on enrolling early, who's only been to Ohio state for a total of like three hours back in March. Um, the Buckeyes are giving it the good old college try. Evan Pryor is very involved there. Um, but I, I still think out for Rajon Davis. Uh, all right, Burn. let's go to uh, Tristan Lay. Out. I just don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I, I mean, if Tristan was interested in Ohio State, I know that family things come up and you have things you have to deal with. I just, I just don't see it. I know that uh, the Buckeye recruits are still trying. I know that Ryan Day, Greg Studrara, and Kennedy Cook are still trying. I just, just don't see it. I'm going to back off my – now, new information. You can change your opinion after new information. I'm going to also uh, back off my pledge. I, When I thought he was going to visit, I thought it was good news for Ohio State, which it obviously would have been. Now right. that we know what we know and he did what he did, and which in this case is not doing what he did not do, then I new information makes me believe also out. So I want to yeah, put it out I think, there. I, I think he's going to end up at Oklahoma though. And I think that's going to be the surprise there, not LSU where everyone sort of thought that he would end up. I think he'll end up at Oklahoma. All right. And then the last one, the last one, you wanted time. You've got your, and now's your time, Burn. Derek Davis Jr. I, I, I know I'm going to be on the Island here like I was with Blake Miller, for example. And I know, again, everyone says, Doe, Burma's so negative. <laughs> I'm going to say Derek Davis is out. And I, I just don't think from the, from the vantage point of Ohio State, looking at their class, looking at the defensive backs, looking at how they would have to assuage situations with other players committed to them in order to bring Derek Davis in, with questions around whether or not he's truly a safety or maybe a guy that develops into a linebacker. Uh, I just, and then ultimately for me, the, the primary reason I thought Blake Miller would end up somewhere other than Ohio state was because I just didn't think from a personality uh, position, like I just didn't think he was a kid that was going to feel comfortable at Ohio state. Um, I know Derek Davis has a really good relationship with Mark Pantone, with um, other people inside of the program at Ohio State. But I don't think that the Buckeyes are, are going to get him. I, I think he's going to end up uh, at Penn State. And I, I personally feel like that if that does happen, it's probably going to be something the Buckeyes regret down the road. Um, but I just, I, I just don't think so. I, I think he could have – committed to Ohio State any time in the last three years and, and wouldn't have had to wait to as six other defensive backs committed. Um, uh, I just no, – I'm going to go out. I know I'm going to be alone on that right now, but I'm, I'm just going to say out. I'm going to get – okay, Burma, I'm going to give you another 2022. 
or a couple of 2022s, not another. Um, mm-hmm. Guy just released his top six, uh, Gunnar Givens, offensive tackle from, I believe, Virginia. Uh, seems like uh, the kind of guy Ohio State would go after, a tackle from Virginia. Uh, we've yeah. seen this movie before. What are you thinking? Uh, I, right now, I think they're in a good position there, but I, I don't feel comfortable to say in. Uh, they are definitely involved uh, in putting themselves in, in the fight with both him and Zach Rice, the other uh, five-star offensive tackle from Virginia. Uh, I think they're going to get really busy here on the offensive line in the next few weeks to months. But I don't know that with Virginia not playing football this season, which a guy like Gunnar Givens, who was you know, really developing into his body uh, as a tackle, right now from playing tight end early in his career. Uh, I'm going to say out, but again, uh, the 22 class is so hard to read because these kids are going to be making decisions way earlier than they probably should be based on everything that is happening. Um, And so you just can't really predict what they're going to do because we all understand the commitments mean very little um, at this point. And so, why I wrote earlier this week on Letterman Row. Like I, I felt like some of these things, it's better for kids to wait if you want them to be committed for the long haul. Yeah, so I'm gonna say uh, it makes sense. And then, uh, Berm, we've been hearing some things about not like we've been hearing, as in like we have inf- inside information, but you've written a couple times now about about Keon Gray's. Is that how you say his name? The wide receiver mm-hmm. from Arizona. Seems like a guy who just a three-star now will almost assuredly end as a four-star, you know, push, push that, that envelope. Uh, What, what do you think right now? I mean, he's a Arizona commitment, number one, first and foremost. So, you know, you do have a little battle there. He's an Arizona kid out there in Chandler. Um, I don't think that the university of Arizona is going to sway him from committing to Ohio state. If he wants to, like, I don't think that commitment is going to be a huge hurdle. I do think Ohio State really likes him, though, and that, that's something that I've had confirmed through a few different conversations. They like him a lot more than that three-star ranking is going to suggest. Um, when I watch him on tape, I see, like, a little bit of Chris Olave in him, like the way that he moves, the way that he runs, the, the frame. It's a little bigger than Olave was coming out of Mission Hills in, in uh, 2018. But I'm going to say in for for him i i really do think that the focus for the buckeyes in 22 especially if they end up getting a mecca abuka like you can't that sounds crazy to say this you but you you can't get all five stars right like eventually you need guys that are a little bit developmental and need a little bit more time to grow and get bigger and stronger if the buckeyes get caleb burton in the class of 2022 who's the number one ranked receiver and they get a mecca abuka that means they'd have the number one ranked receiver in 2020, 2021, 2022, and Garrett Wilson, who's the number two ranked receiver in the class of 2019. Yeah, they're, they're doing such crazy things, recruiter receiving, uh, recruiting the receiving room. But I think that Brian Hartline sees something potentially pretty special in Keon Graves. And I, 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 I'm going to say he ends up in Fred Ohio State. Uh, the things that, that I read about him and the things that you write about him are, are pretty promising for the Buckeyes. It seems like that relationship is, is growing. And uh, if I'm Arizona, uh, I'd be pretty worried. 
Yeah, I mean, I, 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 even if he doesn't end up at Ohio State, the odds of him sticking with Arizona uh, are, are low. The odds All of Kevin someone sticking at Arizona are probably right. very low. <laughs> right, so, pretty low. And we know how much you love Arizona, Burp. So. Um, I, do. I do miss it. I think, I think we can just end there, unless there's any other in or outs that you would like to get off your chest on 2022. Um, no, I mean, I, I like to, we got time, man. We got all the time in the world to build up 2022 over the next few months. Again, I, I know there's all this talk on the internet, all this smoke, all this buzz and, and good things are happening. But to me, a little patience goes a long way because you want those relationships to really marinate, um, to be a better lasting, uh, as opposed to just kids making emotional decisions or clout chasing on, on social media. So. That's it for me, Spencer. Ohio State's got another uh, 2022 commitment. Benji Gosnell. Uh, Derek Davis commitment will be made on Saturday. Ohio State, Penn State, LSU in the mix. I think Penn State will end up being the winner. Um, That's it. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. Please uh, rate, review, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Give us a ranking and review on on iTunes and all that stuff. Uh, That's helpful if you're into helping people. Um, that's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This has been Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast brought to you by Byers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to Byers Auto. Have a great night, everyone. Great day, whenever you're listening to this. Have a, just, just be great out there. We'll, we'll catch there you next go. week. Yeah. See ya.